Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. And here's the part I'm going to add. Yeah. Okay. All of you are going to die. And I want you to think about what you would be sad, the gifts that were left ungiven by this man if he doesn't change anything about his life. There might be some beautiful things said at the service. But then later on, you guys are out back of the house and you're like, it's really sad. He never got around to doing X, Y, Z. He kept waiting. He kept making excuses. What if you were to be the few men that took a stand for that in this man's life, in each other's lives, that we're not going to let this person leave the earth without giving these gifts? You are listening to The New Man, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. When the going gets tough, do you run away or numb yourself? How is being nice eroding trust in your relationship? And are you tired of tolerating a life in the shallow end of the pool? Today, we talk with a guy who says he wants more freedom and aliveness. However, when he feels challenged, he numbs himself with weed or massive amounts of food. And this may provide some temporary relief, but ultimately, it's just making his anxiety and marital problems worse. So we take a look at what's driving this self-sabotage and then lay out some steps so he can live with more integrity and peace. What you're about to hear is an actual coaching call. The person being coached volunteered and gave explicit permission to have our conversation recorded for this podcast. So I, I heard a little bit about your young life. Uh, you talked about kind of being out there more bigger, more exciting, uh, answering questions like, who am I really, like really willing to, to do that work? Became a father, six kids before you knew it. And... You know, now this is the focus is being, being the best dad that you can be. And, and then wanting to get back to the things that bring some kind of juice to your life, some kind of energy, but lacking some drive and focus. Um, and then, then there's this, the relationship piece, which has a lot of friction and takes up a lot of energy mentally and emotionally navigating the relationship part. Is that right? Yep. That's an excellent distillation. Okay. Yeah. 
And so uh, I don't think we're going to be able to hit all of that today, but what feels like it has the most, the most energy for you? I'm going to say the, the, the relationship piece, because it's, I'm fairly certain that I can get going once I, like even this morning in my journaling, I was just flagging what I needed, finding the courage, coming from like, you know, from a loving place, but I got to get better at the communication front. Like, I, you know, that's all I fashion myself as a community, as a great communicator. I always, I don't know, I just always know that I can be better. But that's what I think would be uh, the best space to kind of play with today. How do I get better at communicating? How do I have, you know, coming from a, like, you know, coming from a courageous place to say the things that really need to be said and, but allowing my, you know, keeping sort of the compassion that's necessary for a relationship to blossom. But I do believe I have this quirky habit in general. Anytime there's something sort of a little tough that makes me look less bigger, I tend to trip up and my communication kind of, even at work, like I said something yesterday at work where I was like, I'm going to turn this in before, like I have the day off. I'm going to turn this into you guys before I, before I leave for the day. I didn't do it, but then I'm going like, why did you say that one? And then, because clearly you did, weren't sure you could do it. And then also, why weren't you forthcoming and saying, my bad, I'll get back to you guys, right? Knowing that I can jump back on my, on the work, jump, say, hey, it's still coming, but you'll see it. We'll see it later next week type of thing. So I can't pick on my partner so much. What is it that I'm doing that keeps making me smaller, disappearing when things, when I, you know, when I kind of shit the bed, so to speak. Let's consider an idea that our relationships are a reflection of our relationship with ourselves. And so if I'm allowed to be less than truthful with myself, or if I tend to collapse to my own challenges, collapse meaning, oh, here's the challenge and I go away. I hide or I get small. Um, if that's my response within myself or to my own challenges, oh, I want to do X in the world, but then I shrink away. Um, we tend to do that in the world as well. When it tends to get exacerbated um, when we are with others in that regard. So I want to introduce a few ideas here. And we'll, we'll tiptoe in it, but it gives us some language. And so when we're talking about integrity, integrity is, when we think about a wall or a building having integrity, it means it can withstand challenge. Okay. What helps us withstand that challenge is the sense that we'll be okay if we take on the challenge. So I might collapse if I don't think that it'll be okay if I step into the challenge. There's a, there's, a, there's a belief underneath that, I won't, that things won't be okay. My partner will be upset with me and it, um, it won't be okay, so I don't do it. So I want to help us see where this might be happening in your life where in a lot of times it can just become habitual. Like we just get, we just stop leaning into our challenges and the challenges can become smaller and smaller, but we just continue to collapse to them. 
we tend to, to shrink away from them. And it's, especially this is true for a lot of us as dads and people that are working, which is like, uh, my focus has to be on my kids. My focus has to be on work and my partner all the time. And so we tend to abandon ourselves in this process. We tend to betray ourselves in that, in that way. And so I want to help you see that one way to improve this relationship with your partner is to strengthen the integrity you have with yourself. When, when we have integrity with ourselves, it's like uh, playing a wrong note. It's like we're in the wrong key when, when somebody else acts a certain way or we act a certain way with somebody else. Like, whoa, what, that's not how I treat myself. Why would, I, why would I then do that over here in this other domain with this other person? That's not how I treat myself. But if I'm used to playing in that key with myself, then yeah, I don't notice it as much when it happens with somebody else. I'll just pause here and just see how, if any of this is landing for you so far. It is. It's, it's kind of funny because I, I know that I've been working at this for some time. I know I've, I was with friends yesterday just saying that like I didn't have a, a good, I mean, I'll be honest. I just, I maybe it, it'll just, I'll say I didn't love myself, right? Or I wasn't accustomed to doing it. What you know, just well, I you know, my dad would always when we were kids he used to call us selfish. I always thought like, well, no, then I got to not do that. You can't, shouldn't be checking in or giving a shit about what I think or what I want. Mm-hmm. You should always try to focus on what other people want, like serve. And even what I even try to do now that I am more, there's more care, self care happening. It's still like this protection situation where it's, I love, like, I find joy in, you know, helping others. Like, if I can do that for others, like, it brings me joy, and which is, it's fine. Nothing new. Right. But it is, is one of those things where, um, like, I'll even think, like, I'll just even say it. Like, I've, like, I fall off my routines a lot. Like, I'm, uh, like, I'm a, I'm a wellness nut. So, I believe in getting up early and do, doing all the stuff that you do and having the morning routines and stuff like that. But uh, if I'm being real, the last year or two, like I've sort of been, you know, my season is like, ah, we don't really need that so much. We do when we don't. Um, I have a nutrition coach that's pushed me to come up with my high value statements. I think she pulls that from Paul Check and, uh, and, you know, she goes like, you know, make sure you know the things that you that are like business critical, like you have to do, whether it's monthly, daily, weekly, whatever. And, and I realized when I work, when I'm doing that exercise, like I, I don't quite know. And so I'm trying to continue to figure that out. I know it's, it's going to take some time. Um, and maybe just maybe I need to talk to myself and just say, you just need to like, the, we're still figuring it out and it's okay. Well, I love that you bring this up because if we never developed that core sense of self, if we were taught early on that having a core sense of self was selfish and it was bad, we also maybe internalized a message, which is this is where you're unlovable too. So me having a relationship with myself, yeah, what do, okay, X, Y, Z is happening in the world. How do I, what, what do I want? How do I want to respond? What do I stand for? What do I stand against? I don't really ever get to strengthen those muscles. I don't develop that skill. And yeah, relationships are going to be really hard. I'm just going along. And right. I don't know if you ever read No More Mr. Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover. Okay. Yep. So this is that 
this is that idea. If, if I pitch in and, I, and I'm a contributor in others' lives, then my needs will somehow be taken care of. The world will figure out what I want for me and I won't have to be this. I won't have to, to be my own advocate. And of course, it's a recipe for constant disappointment. Um, so the opportunity here is to strengthen your relationship with yourself. And in not when we talk about integrity and we talk about this stuff, it's not about self-criticism. Like, oh gosh, I'm not doing X, Y, Z. It's just, it's just we got to develop a skill. That's it. We just want to develop a skill. So let's slow this down. Well, and by the way, I want to come back to what, what uh, the person, what you were talking about, what do I value? Because if I value something, I, I naturally take care of it. But if I value something more, which is like keeping the peace with somebody else, I will abandon that, that other thing. Mm. And I want us to see where that's happening, where that's called a competing commitment. It's like, oh yeah, I definitely am all about taking care of me and my wellness until it starts to get in the way of these other things. And I see your <laughs> smile. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, I'm really committed to ABC as long as it doesn't get in the way of this, this other thing. So that's, the, that's where the integrity piece comes in, which right. is I honor myself even when I'm being challenged here. But, and that's where there's an opportunity to get co-creative and and instead of it being either or, we find both and. Instead of this being a a, um, a, a big pissing match, a big power struggle. Right. Yeah. Okay. So is there a specific area in your life right now, or is there a, sp- a specific thing that we could look at? Because I think it would be helpful to get out of this theory and start to find a, a way that we might be able to apply it and then use that. Last night, like I said, I had a moment where I was... I was kind of really ticked at like how my partner spoke to me uh, once, you know, the kids kind of attacked her words, attacked her. And I didn't really, really speak to her anymore. And I felt like it needed, we needed to have not words, but just we should have talked through it. And instead I came into this room and, you know, I had a pre-rolled joint in my drawer and I ate it. Now, normally I'm not into, uh, well, burning uh, plant medicine. I would prefer to vaporize it. Uh, my vaporizer was compromised um, in my cleaning it recently, so um, so I didn't have it. So I just and I, which wasn't the biggest. But whatever. I'm gonna. This is what I'm saying. I'm immediately trying to make an excuse for it. Right. I would just immediately tried to do that. My commitment to myself is I should be vaporized, even regardless of whatever science or whatever things may percolate someone could argue and say da, da, da. and usually what would happen and it thankfully it did not happen yesterday though i will just keep at that point i'm chiefing until like whoa you know spacey whatever so once that is done with my little joint um i took my my herbs to get ready for bed and i went to sleep but i didn't talk to my partner we still haven't spoken and that was the thing where in my head I'm going, I'm here taking care of myself because that's what I'm thinking. But I'm going, no, what I really probably want is to have a conversation that felt seen by the person that I, I that is important to me. Which is interesting because I'm trying not to overthink it. I don't feel bad about what happened, but I realized that small moment 
there's small moments like that that happen with that calm down, right? Like I, that is usually my approach. Like I'll, now I understand sometimes you got it. We need to get space, take a break, go for a walk, boom, boom. But still, still haven't had a conversation with my partner yet. Where it's 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, and I've been up since six. So let's look at it through this lens, which is, do you think your choices inspire more trust with yourself? Do you trust yourself more? No. As a result of your actions? Okay. No. I mean, do, yeah, do, I mean, there's moments where I feel like it's like a glass, right? Like there's points where I'll stack stuff up and I'm, yes, you're doing the right stuff. Great job, bud. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. And then the container uh, for the club here and just spills out. And I'm like, oops. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And then I feel depleted. And then I find myself in a weird, I got to restart it all over again and fill it back up. Okay. And then do you think this behavior, this, this way of, of dealing with challenge inspires greater trust with her? You think she trusts you more? No, I mean, I, I know she's always said like she doesn't get me, you know, she's. Her understanding you is one thing. Yeah. But does she, do you think, and I, we, we don't know without asking her, but mm-hmm. do you think that in your mind, if you made an assumption that she trusts you more when you make choices like this? No, no. Okay. Um, let me, like let's slow this down. Example. Let's slow okay. this down. Yeah, right on. Let's imagine that we are in a situation where the stakes are pretty high. We have a family. We have responsibilities, bills to pay, kids that need to be places, those types of things. How important is trust in our partner? It, and it's, it's fair, quite, you know, it's almost critical, right? It's critical, right, right. The reason why I bring up this trust piece is because we can be agreeable. We can get along. We can be into the same things. But if I won't let you hold my car keys because I'm afraid you're going to lose them or that time I'm being extreme, right? But if, yeah. if my trust only goes so far, then everything else is really like the intimacy that we have, the, the, the depth that we're willing to go, it, it's only going to go so far. And I bring this up because I think a lot of us are looking at, I need to communicate better. I need to say things. I need to be clear about what I say. And I want you to understand that trust is huge here. I don't need to like somebody to trust them, right? Yeah. And so the opportunity here, and this is, again, this is that skill to develop, is how do I develop greater trust with myself where if I say I'm going to do something, I really believe it. And even if I don't, I make, I make a mistake because we do. I clean it up. I clean it up with myself. Like, you, like, hey, I said I was going to do ABC. That didn't happen. That's on me. I'm recommitting to XYZ. You have my word on it. Even that mistake can be an opportunity to build trust, that acknowledgement. Hey, I, I fell short there, and that's not okay with me. I'm cleaning this up. Versus there's a challenge, there's a push, and then I go away. It's like that wall, that, 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 that structure is just... Whew, just falls down like we were talking about earlier. All right. So I want to help you add something here because you, if you were to focus on trust and developing trust within yourself, 
what happens is we start to relax more. If I'm walking out onto an icy lake, I'm nervous. I don't know how thick the ice is. I don't trust it. But if I've got a sense of how thick that ice is, I might skate. I might jump up and down. I can feel relaxed on it. But without knowing, and maybe little trembles here and there and cracks and splinters and stuff, I'm nervous. I'm on, I'm on edge. And so a lot of us are in that state of anxiety and not okay because we don't really know if we can trust ourselves and we don't really know if we can trust our partners. We don't, everything's shaky around us. And so if we focus on trust, that well-being really starts to solidify within ourselves and then it naturally spreads outward. And suddenly our partners treat us differently. When we're, we don't think we're doing anything that much different, but they notice. Yeah. How much do you think about trust in your dynamic? Uh, I mean, I would say quite regularly, right? Um, and this is this is where it just feels like more like I'm at church because it does it is something that I've been actively working on throughout our time together, and I know it has been happening through my own work with myself, like like me knowing like are you really doing what you say you're going to do, right? We said we we're going to get up at five a.m., you know, drink water, you know, work out, journal, meditate. Are you really about it? Like, are you really doing it? And I've gone through those paces and, you know, working through that discipline. This one has been something that's been a very important uh, skill that I've been working on myself. And, you know, I get I'm getting better at it. I feel steadier, right? I know that I'm going to do things that I'm going to do. It was funny. I was running across a friend of mine was posting on LinkedIn saying like, you know, um, you know, the key to like career success is like, you know, as, as many, as much as people think like it's finding a new bright idea or, you know, being the person that found the, the next big thing. But true success is by showing up and doing your damn job. And if I'm being a real trip, like that has been the number one thing that I've been, that I've all, that I've been sort of bucking, uh, you know, most of my life because I was always forced to work as a kid. Like I was, I was always forced, like, you got to do this. Like, this is your chore. You got to. And I'm going like, I don't want, I don't want to like, <laughs> stop making me cut the grass. Stop making me wash dishes. I don't bug off. I wasn't resistant. I just kind of took it on the chin and did, did my thing. I, I give a lot of credit to my parents on that. Um, it put me in a lot of disciplinary scenarios where like I was able to understand the value of work which I do, I appreciate it immensely, but there's still a, the little man in me that's kind of like, man, I don't really want to do all that crap. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to spend summers in Alabama on a farm. It's hot, it's humid, They're very large snakes, you know. <laughs> uh, and that's what I was sub subjected to by myself, right? Like I said, no... One really paying attention, like, what are we doing to this kid? Like, nope, send the boy down south. It'll, no, it'll be fine. You know, it is, it, the, the trust issue is very much where I think, you know, I could evoke the term of inner child thinking like, man, are you doing something again that we don't really want to do? Like, 
did you check in with me and say like, is this something we want? You know, I think that's where the core of the trust kind of sources. And well, let's consider that we're allowed to make decisions from that child because, uh, or we make, we make decisions from that child because we're allowed to, we're in a system that tolerates it. Whatever the system is, whether it's at home or we have whatever, or whoever our partner is, we know that we don't really have to rise to the occasion. We have an out. Right. And this is tough. This is tough when we, we start to see these things. But trust is different than discipline. Yeah, discipline is I get up every morning and I do the thing I said I'm going to do. And that I can build self-trust there. But the real trust comes from being challenged. Yeah. And that, again, is not about being agreeable. It's like when I'm challenged, I do the thing even though the child, like I know what's best for me. I know what's truly going to strengthen me, truly going to strengthen my relationships. And it may not be comfortable in this moment. It may not be convenient. I may just want to shirk away and go play and kind of throw my, you know, put my head in the clouds or whatever it is that, that I want to do there. Same thing with the partner. They may say something, but for me to turn around and say, I disagree with you respectfully and not tell them what they want to hear is a way of earning trust. We right. want to know that we're with people that will tell us difficult things. Not just, I know this person will tell me whatever I want to hear. I don't trust them. Yeah. They're a yes person. So this is why I bring this. So you can start to identify where, the, we, where we have an out. When the challenge arises, we give ourselves an out. And the out is tolerated until it's not. And right now, it sounds like you're, I love that you're the one calling yourself to grow. Yeah. Part of you that wants to be bigger or more expansive in your life, that wants more exciting, excitement, that wants to take up more space for yourself. This is going to challenge you to go into the areas where the young part of you is like, I don't want to go there. Yeah, that is uh, the thing that I've, I like the idea of, Pull, take, pulling discipline aside and focusing on trust because there's there even there's a pro like a, a, a thing of like a like there's steps I'm thinking about like if I'm working on like there's a thing I got to do uh and I don't feel like doing it and really you know just kind of addressing that head on and not you know trying to escape um it's kind of funny what I told you I have a nutrition coach and one of the things that I'm working on the reason why I have one is like, I have this thing, like I'm pretty relatively fit, but like I have this weird binging habit where like I'll go five days straight. Mm -hmm. But uh, but then, yeah, maybe about weekend time, there's like this goblin that comes out. Mm -hmm. Goblin gobbles and mm -hmm. uh, anything and everything. And it just, it's gotten to the point since I've become, um, you know, in this particularly post COVID where I'm, it's aggressive. Like it's, it's scary. Like there are times where I'm like, I may consume, you know, I'm 6'2, 205 pounds and I might consume six to 7,000 calories in a day. And I know I don't want to, like, I know it's bad. Like I go, bro, what are we doing? Like, why? <laughs> Are you doing this? And after a while, I just kind of concede, like, oh, this is what I want to do. Apparently, 
I'm in the eating myself into a, into a coma. And I think that's where my lack of trust kind of comes from. Like I, that's what I, you know, I see my uh, nutrition coach and like, is there, do I have like a, I'm trying to figure out what's inside of me that might be driving it. Like there's something else like a, you know, parasite or something that's like eating at me and, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I've done like shadow work and go like, all right, man, why the fuck are you fucking with me? Like, what, what is it? What did I do, bro? Like what, how did I piss you off today? Like, I, I do not want to eat this gigantic bag of Takis right now. As you, as you describe that, the image I got was a man who was holding himself underwater for five days or five days. Yeah. Mm. Holding himself underwater for five days and then gasping for air and breathing like mm. he thought he was going to lose his life. <laughs> I, when you described that scenario, I heard this ability that you have to deprive yourself to do the quote, right things, but not what actually serves you. Mm. And so there's this pendulum swinging. There's me doing the things that I should do and I'm disciplined and I like these all make sense on the paper. And then there's this swing to the other side where it's like, <gasps> I gotta breathe. I, I'm not feeling good. And my body's going to find a way to medicate itself and feel good again. Mm. But it's the worst medicine. Like it, I feel like utter right. shit. Cause the funny thing is the way this swing happens, I, the next five days is me fixing it. Right. Cause you know, I'm middle-aged now, man. So it's like the organs are like, fuck you, bro. Like yeah. it, it feels terrible. So I heal myself, get myself back in shape and I celebrate. Right. And fuck it so all this up. is, this, this tells me that uh, we've got tape over your dashboard gauges. Mm. that mm. the needs when you have a need for something it's being ignored it's not allowed and you describe something similar as a young man yeah and then it gets to the point where the need becomes too great and so you find a temporary solution but it has a deep cost okay when we talk about developing trust and really honoring ourselves it's learning to pay attention moment to moment, day by day, what would serve me today so that I'm not in this place of, of deprivation. Yeah. And there's a lot of us that are listening to the podcasts and reading the books and seeing all the things that we quote should be doing because that's what these quote experts are doing, but we don't actually feel nourished by them. The opportunity here for you is to learn what actually nourishes you. Right. And there's no book on that. You are a category of one. Chances are your, your system looks a lot like others, but it's for you to explore. Right. And what I'm taking away so far is that when you learn how to nourish yourself and be present with yourself and let go of who you think you should be, how you should appear to be if you do all of the practices and all the things that are right, quote, right, to meet those expectations, but you actually start to listen to what serves you and has you feel genuinely stronger and energized. You won't have these big swings. And you also won't feel like you've got to run away. The running away is also like, ah, I'm too full. I can't take anymore. My cup is spilling over. Yeah. Imagine a scenario where there's plenty of room in the cup because you know how to manage that. 
It's not sneaking up on you. That's what the practice is. When I work with people, that's why we do the practices is so that we have plenty of room in our cup. All right. Yeah, like not to just add more shit onto my thing and it looks impressive. Like, look, hey, I'm enough, right? I'm impressive. Look how disciplined I am. Isn't this cool? It's like, you know, I actually, like if if something comes along, a challenge comes along, I have space for it. I've got space for what my kids are throwing at me. I got space for what my wife is throwing at me. And I don't collapse. Yeah. We can do the right things for the wrong reasons. And the good news is that you already know how to do a lot of these things, but the, the, it's, it's a reorienting. Why? Why would I do this? And it's for nourishment and self-trust. That would be where I would, that would like the next playground for you. Right. Start to look at what really genuinely nourishes you and where you feel like you genuinely trust yourself. Because when you sit, take care of yourself, those other parts that are screaming to get out or rebel, calm down. They're getting their needs met too. It's not either or. Right. Hey, he's not, he's not just looking out for this person. He's looking out for us too. We don't have to hijack him on the weekend. <laughs> My little gremlins. Yeah. What if they're not gremlins? What if they're just parts of you that have needs? Fair. fair and they, yeah. want, they, they want to feel relief. What you're saying, it tracks, it, it jives a lot. Maybe maybe my, my journal practice needs to be tweaked or refined or something I have to do where I'm like, all right, we've gone this long. Something goes, hey, how you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? Like, how do we feel? What have we done? Where are we at? What haven't you done that you know you need to do? Um, I, I, you know, I fashion myself as a mindful person, but I, I will say that it's probably, it's not lip service, but it's more of a performance. Is more performative than it is um, an embodiment. Well, let's talk about that for a second because yeah. you can ask those questions, but if your m- measurement for if you're on track or not is skewed, well, then you're, you're off track. Right. Oh, so my, my measurement is how do I compare to this person that I see on YouTube or whatever? <laughs> He's the ideal. And now I'm going to measure myself against this ideal has nothing to do with whether I feel more free, more alive, more connected and loving, more at peace with myself and with others. It has nothing to do with it. It's just, all right, what's his body fat? Oh, he gets up at four. Okay, I'm going to get up at 345. You know, it's just like it, it becomes that performative thing, as you said. All right. I'm not checking in with where do I feel more expansive? Where do I get to feel like I'm more of myself? Where do I feel that deep sense of peace? And if I don't trust myself and if I'm not nourishing myself, I'm going to be off. And if never, never really learned how to run my life, I'm going to look to somebody else and just try to mimic them and perform like them. So I want to help you identify what your metrics are. And then ultimately, in my opinion, based on all of this work that I've done with others over the years, is that we only really know the work is working if we feel more free, we feel more alive, we feel more loving and connected, we feel more at peace. If we do the work and we do the work really well, but we still feel trapped or drained or isolated or bored or overwhelmed, we're like, what the fuck happened? I don't think I'm doing it right. I must need to do it better or more. So if we were working together, 
we would slow everything down, take a look at what choices you make on a daily basis that the system has got you lined up to, to repeat this pattern, slow it down and just like, okay, what would allow greater freedom this today or this week? What would, it, what would create or allow greater aliveness for you? What would create greater connection, greater love? What would create greater peace of mind, the things that are getting under your skin that need to be dealt with? And just start to chip away at those things. And what that's going to do is it's going to challenge your integrity. You'll have to make different choices. And there'll be a party. It's like, we can't make that choice. It won't be okay because of X, Y, Z. Might not be that big of a deal. Might be totally fine. But that's where we start to see that's, that's your edge. And you start to grow. And every time you take a step over that edge in service of that freedom, aliveness, love, and peace, you start to build some momentum there. Hey, I'm okay. Yeah. And I'll be okay. And she'll be okay. And she actually trusts me more because I'm taking a stand for this thing. And I'm respectful in that stand. But we learn, like we're walking out on that icy lake, I can take a step here and it's okay. Instead of, you know what, shit's getting tough, I'm out. We've got to shift that metric though. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I, the metrics are the one I think, the things that are, that are missing. I'm wondering if there's a certain set of questions I can ask myself to be able to measure that. Because in, in a way, freedom to me is just kind of a feeling. That's a great question, right? So what's the, how can we play with that? We can use wherever we feel constrained or trapped as a doorway. And perhaps this is where we can find some, somewhere where the rubber meets the road for you, which is just a track where you feel confined, constrained, trapped. Trapped's a pretty heavy one. And then what's the story? I can't do X, Y, Z because... I have to do ABC. You'll hear it in the language. There's these, these places. And then in each one of those, they might be opportunities instead of the young part of us, which is like, screw it, flips the bird, burns the place down and runs or hides or does sneaky stuff. It is, hmm, maybe there's a conversation that can be had here. Hey, I don't, like, don't want to feel constrained here. Uh, I know this might impact you too. Let's figure something out. Not, hey, do I have your permission to do ABC? You're not my mom or, you know, my authority figure. But that's, we, we use those places as doorways to explore a new possibility. But it's up to us to identify that feeling. I love that you named that. Where do I feel constrained? Where would I love to feel more expansive? Even if I don't quite know what that is, can I start that conversation? And it might be like, I don't know if I can even talk about that with my partner. I don't even know if it's safe to talk about that. Wow, isn't that beautiful? I want to be able to talk about these things with my partner. I would love to feel free to talk about those things with my partner. Maybe we, that's where we invite a third party in to help us navigate those things. But regardless is that you're looking for the places where you feel trapped or drained or isolated or bored or overwhelmed, and they all become doorways to get creative. So instead of numbing ourselves and running away or medicating ourselves with food or whatever it is, we get curious. Yeah. And that becomes the work. And what happens is when we lean into that, a part of us inside starts to pay attention and say, he's taking a stand for us. 
He's not running away. He's honoring us. He's really valuing us. He's not just doing the exercises in the morning. He's out in the world. He's protecting us. <laughs> He's... <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, touche. But um, those are yeah. important. Those are important. But this is, this is where yeah. it really gets, this is where it gets real. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's the thing where I feel like I'm doing some, there's, there's no real measuring stick at the moment. Like I said, if it's simply just a feeling, I'll just have to trust that I'll, I know it. And then I'll, you know, do a decent job of documenting it. So, you know, go back to it and say, oh, this is, remember this feeling, remember what this, we went through this. I'm sure there's some sort of exercise that I'll come to that, that'll help me with that. Well, I'll throw something out there. This is how I work with people, and it's helpful to do this with somebody. And you can do this with, um, you know, a, a trusted friend. You know, somebody who's on the same page with you. Obviously, a coach can help you with this. But the first is to just take a snapshot and assessment of where you are in all of these areas of your life: your body, your brain, your your work, where you live. Right, where we live can have a huge impact on. You know, if we feel like we're trapped in a city environment when we really want to be out in nature, our financial situation, how we're managing money, is that a, is that a drain? Is that a place where we're draining energy? Obviously, our primary relationship, our community, our friendships, children, parents, and then also our spiritual health, our mental well-being, our psychological health, the way that we talk to ourselves, et cetera. So I do an assessment and look at where we are and then start to identify what might be the hunch that would be the healthier version, the more ideal version, where we'd like to get to. Not just because that's what the, the ideal guy does, but that's what the hunch is like, that's where I would feel more free or more alive. And we start to identify the, the real hot spots, the places that have the most juice. And then come up with challenges, come up with experiments. Let's see what would allow you to feel stronger there, that would allow you to feel more expressed there. And staying on it week after week, not just, hey, I'm really motivated. I just read the book. And then two weeks later, I'm over it. I moved on to the next thing. I got distracted. But staying in that process, and it's a creative process. It's an experimental process. But over time, we do recoup and regain that energy and we build that momentum. And it's much easier to then move into other areas of our lives as well. But without that kind of reflection, without that structure in place, it's really hard to do this on our own. Yeah. Especially if we've never done anything like it in our lives. Yeah. It's new, it's new territory. I've never taken this particular approach, but it sounds necessary. It's funny. I uh, think you also inspired me to start a biweekly men's group, but it's my men's group is solid. Love. It's a great way. It's, it's a great outlet. Um, but even we're not super critical of one another. You know, we're just present and we have good chats. And today is the first, the first step towards getting after it. Yeah. I thank you for that. I'm excited, right? If you've gotten this far in life and you've done so well, you're a good parent, you're impacting people in your community. And now here's this opportunity. It's like, wow, even better, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> even better. That's that's really yeah. exciting for me to hear yeah. that. 
I, you know, we're, we, we have an opportunity here. Is there something that comes to mind that if we never talk again, but is there an action? Is there something that comes to mind? It's like, you know, I want to lead this conversation. These are some cool ideas, but I'd like to put something into action. Does something come to mind for you? Um, I mean, I, I, I want to go through the, the, the 360 analysis. Like, I definitely want to do that. I'm going to think a bit about it. Like, I was thinking about um, they, with who. Like, I thought about maybe providing this call to my nutrition coach to say, like, you know, maybe I would do it with, with her. Or uh, there's some guys that I've reached out to in my men's group where I'm like, you know, want me to be your accountability buddy and we can work on some stuff together for me that that's i'm i'm kind of excited to you know just explore that and know that that's kind of where the the and the journey's i mean i'm on the journey like i'm not going anywhere i'm not not sure which direction it'll it'll take um well here's my challenge for you you can choose to accept it or not is the 360 is not a hard thing to, to figure out you can Google something and get just kind of a basic life coaching 360. All these all areas of life. My challenge is for you to, to download something like that, some kind of thing, print them out, take them to your men's group, and propose that you guys walk through this with each other. Mm. And also propose that you're, you are, the, the purpose of doing this is to assess where you are and assess where you want to be, and that you guys are there to support each other in that process through challenge, through support and through accountability. Yeah. I like it. And yeah, here's the part I'm going to add. Yeah. Okay. All of you are going to die. And you may very well be at each other's funerals. And I want you to think about what you would be sad. The gifts that were left ungiven by this man, if he doesn't change anything about his life. There might be some beautiful things said at the service, but then later on, you guys are out back of the house sharing a beer, and you're like, it's really sad. He never got around to doing X, Y, Z. He kept waiting. He kept making excuses. What if you were to be the few men that took a stand for that in this man's life, in each other's lives, that we're not going to let this person leave the earth without giving these gifts? like that yeah and set that challenge i dig that a lot as a thought exercise i want to help you dig a little deeper you guys been playing in a little it sounds like you're in real comfort area yeah and yeah this is this is where it's like now what are we really here for we're really here to support one another on this deep level we don't have to be friends to do this we can just care deeply about one another yeah I think, and the funny thing is, like I said, if my men's group feels like a, like it's a personification of me. If it's, if this group is a reflection of you, it's an opportunity to recognize that you guys hanging out in the shallow end of the pool is allowed. Mm-hmm. It's like, we, we, we've got time. We don't have to actually touch on right. what's really going on. We can just right. stay here in the safe shallow end instead of remind ourselves I've been given this life. I have this opportunity. What am I doing? Yeah. Where can I give my gifts? Where can I live with a, with a big open heart? 
Where can I serve? Where can I play? Exactly. Yeah, man. That is, damn. All right. Yeah, That's I'm, my challenge for you. I want you to step it up. And I'm on it. I'm, I, like I said, I accept the challenge. And uh, yeah, I'm going to get busy. Yeah, man. That's what Go there. I'm on, I'm on it. Yeah. Go there. And you can say up front, this is a little, this is edgy for me. I'm at my edge. But I'm, I'm called. I'm called to go deeper. I'm called to challenge myself. I'm called to challenge you who's in. Yeah. Who wants to join me? That's what I want for you. And uh, I, I don't think I'm being performative when I say I want that for myself. <laughs> I see your big heart. I know, yeah, you got a, I know you got a lot to give. I'm super excited about what's possible for you, man. It's really exciting sitting here. Like I can only imagine where this may go. It's really exciting. Well, I look forward to getting an update from you. Please keep me posted on your progress, man. Will do, sir. All right, my man. Much love to you. We'll talk soon. All right. Take Bye-bye. care. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.